Welcome back to the Find Your Light podcast, celebrating and highlighting the work of Women Plus in theater. I am your host, Emily Stamets, and my guest today is Venus Tiane. She studied musical theater in Berlin, Germany. She's worked as a performer for many U.S. productions, including Nickelodeon, which is cool, and Stories That Soar. She's also performed in various large productions internationally and has toured throughout Germany, Austria, Switzerland, Estonia, the Czech Republic, India, South Korea, and Japan. She worked as the musical director for the Performing Arts School, JMEM Berlin, and also the touring production that came out of that work. She has a passion for the arts and people's stories as expressed through their various cultures and is dedicated to making a positive impact that has a world ripple effect. Um, And right now she's working in Arizona to help open a new school, which I think is super rad. Um, Before we dive into the conversation... um, Venus, we we start this conversation by reflecting back on a previous conversation that we've had, and Venus references a technique that I use with my coaching clients, um, which is, I guess, can be described as scenic designing your life. So thinking about um, what what is the story that your life is telling, and how do you want to feel? What's the atmosphere and mood that you want to feel in your life, and how can you arrange the spaces that you inhabit? to support that mood and to tell that story. So she's going to reference that, but we don't go in depth to explain it. So I wanted to make sure you had an idea of what we were talking about before we dive in. And without any further ado, here is my conversation with Venus TNA. Um, I'm so excited to talk to you again. Yes. Yes. It was a chance meeting and look at, look at what it's turned into. How exciting. It it totally was. So, um, for context, for anyone listening to this conversation in the future, um, Venus and I met on a shuttle bus to the airport, Mm -hmm. um, after the international thespian festival in 2022, um, and just, started a conversation and then um, kept the conversation going in the airport lounge um, where I was then definitely late for my flight. I did not make my flight. (laughs) (laughs) It was totally worth it though. Honestly, I, I, you know, I felt really embarrassed about missing my flight and when I I like, whatever, I couldn't have done anything differently, but um, I was like, you know what though, in the end, um, I really, really enjoyed our conversation so much. And I'm so grateful to be connected to you that I was like, eh, it was worth an extra night in Indiana. Did you end up having yes. to stay another night? I did. I did. Wow. But it's okay though. It's okay. I mean, I have to say that that conversation was so fantastic to me yeah. and I really went home and I was like, okay, <laughs> I've learned two things. Always carry a change in your, in your purse and uh, that's your, your home organize your home in a way that helps with um, the things that you're going after. So that helps your, your psyche. Like, yes. I'm so glad that was helpful. Yeah. Um, So I, and I learned um, that day that um, if you're trying to do, what's that delivery service? I never use it because we don't have it out here in the rural area where I live, but where you can like order stuff and have them deliver it for you. Oh, like Grubhub or DoorDash? Yeah, like DoorDash, right? But um, Mm -hmm. what I learned is that um, the only available underwear options were either a black lace thong or (laughs) um, incontinence underwear. Oh, no. So that's what I learned that day. (laughs) 
when I because <laughs> I had already checked my bags and so I didn't right. have any of my changes of anything so I was like well I guess I'm just I think I uh, whatever we don't need to talk about my underwear um <laughs> But I will say, I, I do have like my extra stash now. I'm like, okay, these are my ones I wear every day. And these are my purse underwear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. I think I need some purse underwear too. I ha- You know what I have is I have a little, um, like a little shopping bag that folds up into itself. And I bet it could shove a little pair of underwear in there also. And that just yes, always lives in my purse. Absolutely. I oh. love it. That's a brilliant idea. So amazing. Um, okay, well, let's get started. <laughs> All right. Will you please introduce yourself, um, your name, your pronouns, and a little bit about what you do? Sure. So my name is Venus Tiane, and my pronouns are she, her. And I am the culture and community engagement director for a charter high school in Tucson, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And we are a public charter Waldorf high school, which means everything is completely arts infused. And so I've been part of the team that wrote the charter to create this school and um, and creating the, all of the arts programming and so on. And really looking at the arts as a tool for all kinds of um, like social justice, emotional emotional learning, um, critical thinking, like all of these things that the arts do. And I get to help bring that into fruition in the education field. Mm -hmm. And I also um, am a teaching artist and I specialize in teaching like uh, group building, like team building. And um, I teach a lot of other theater teachers um, how to build, like how to find the identity of who their program is, like who's in their program and their community. Mm -hmm. Um, And also live for which is probably my favorite. <laughs> That's such a funny thing to throw in the mix there. You're like right? arts, arts education, arts infusion, community building, and sound. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, and you have a really interesting story. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do my questions out of order here. Um, and we'll, we're going to start from the beginning of your journey and like move forward to how you got to today. Cause I think that your story is really interesting. So okay. take us to the moment when you first knew that theater was going to be a part of your life. Oh man. I mean, I feel like I don't know the answer to that because it always was a part of my life. Mm-hmm. I just always needed to be on stage. My mom put me in vocal lessons when I was four, just because I just wanted to sing. So she set me up with a piano person, um, like a vocal coach who also played piano when I was four at my church and um, just started joining all of our plays that we created there. Um, And then when I was six, I want to say six, I was in ballet and um, it's so funny, actually, my mom tells this hilarious story where I just knew not only am I a theater and stage person, but I also am a director mm-hmm. and it came out very young at six, <laughs> you know, it's the middle of our, my, my one ballet recital and I got to wear makeup that day. I was very excited the first time I'm like in totally glammed up and I've got these red lips and eyeliner and mascara mm-hmm. and we've got our, you know, glorious ballet costumes on, on stage and this auditorium 
And we get on stage and I start directing all of the other people in my class, like, no, you're wrong. You're supposed to stand there. And all these things. And my mom is in the audience, just like shaking her head, like, oh my gosh, that is my daughter. That's so, awesome. The stage has just always been a very comfortable place for me. It feels mm-hmm. like home. And, and this was in Germany. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, this actually was in Seattle. Okay. So I ended up my family moved to Germany when I was 14 mm-hmm. and um, we went, I went to a German American high school, which was, it's actually the only one of its kind. It's an American public school and a German public school combined. It's in mm-hmm. Berlin. And, um, and there we had this really fantastic arts program. And what's really cool about Germany or about Europe is that, all of these countries are so close together, right? So we were, we did all kinds of um, like theater festivals and so on where we got to travel, our team got to travel to all of these different countries Mm -hmm. and um, perform and go to workshops and stuff with, with students from all over Europe and, and uh, yeah, all over Europe basically. And it was just amazing because it built this idea that theater is larger than just what we're doing in our school theater is something that reaches into people's hearts that makes you passionate that makes you excited it can be happy it can be sad it can be thought-provoking it can be all of these different things Mm -hmm. um I remember the very first theater conference I went to I was I want to say in 10th grade maybe 10th or 11th grade and um the the theme of the conference was the rights of the immigrants right mm-hmm. and um this conference was called ISTA International Students Theater Association and they had like a conference that we went to in France and every school that came prepared a like 15 20 minute um like production or show that had this the rights of the immigrant at its theme and it was super interesting because we're all these high school students right and we all are international students so we lived in Europe and these different countries in Europe, but our families came from all over the world, you know, mm-hmm. who were all going to these international schools. And the way that everybody, each school approached this idea of the rights of the immigrant was so different and so interesting. Um, as a matter of fact, our school, our, our theater director was really into comedy and really into improv. So we got to create our own show by doing improv and um, we just like created these crazy characters who came in and out of this bodega that mm-hmm. was run by an Indian kid, um, like from India. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't usually have an accent, but he put on this just like really heavy accent. And we were just all of these crazy characters that came in and out of his, you know, like con- um, convenience store. And I remember I played. Uh, Cleopatra, queen of the Andes mountains. <laughs> and I had like a narcolepsy. And so I kept like falling asleep <laughs> in the middle of my sentences. It was just like the goofiest thing, but we got to kind of play around with what is, what does it mean to be an immigrant <laughs> through that, through the lens of comedy. Um, and so that really had an impact on me and an impact on how I continue to approach theater. Mm-hmm. The the majority of the theater that I love to create, that I help teach other people to create is devised theater where we are or the team is making something from scratch out of like from a source material of some kind like a picture or a song or a story um and then that's my favorite and I think that in that moment is when that little seed got planted mm. for me yeah yeah okay so from that moment you uh graduated from high school 
Mm -hmm. still in Germany, right? From the international school in Germany. Yes. Um, and then, and then what? And then I moved to America. Um, I really wanted to be an American college girl. I was just like so excited about it. I, you know, going through high school, I watched all these movies and I was like, yes, that's going to be me. <laughs> so I moved to Arizona, which is where my family all lived. And I went to the University of Arizona for vocal performance. And I, I hated it. I was like, this is awful. <laughs> this is not what I expected it to be. And, I, and it was crazy because I am American, but I had spent so much time in Germany and this time when you are creating your own identity, like really, really looking at who am I outside of what people are telling me or what my family has said my whole life, you know, like really like taking ownership of it. So when I came back to America, I had just this incredible culture shock, reverse culture shock, because it almost felt foreign to me. Like it wasn't home anymore. And I didn't quite understand how people like why people reacted the way they did sometimes as this, you know, college student in a dorm surrounded by other college students. Um, so it was a really, it was a really surreal experience. So I decided I don't want to do this right now. Maybe I'll try again later, but instead I'm going to do other things. So I, um, auditioned and joined a theater company that actually specializes in device theater. It's called Stories at Soar. And it's where I learned the art of Foley. Um, and I also became a, a game show host for Nickelodeon. Oh my um, gosh, which, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. I mean, I mean, I, <laughs> it's a crazy thing. It's been really fun. <laughs> um, yeah. So I got to do that. And then I decided I'm moving back to Germany. So I, I ended up being in the States for four years. And then I moved back to Germany and went to musical theater school um, in Germany because musicals have always been kind of like my heart, my passion. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I'm going to sidebar for a moment and just like talk about musicals because... <laughs> <laughs> because I love them. But, you know, a, a couple of friends of mine recently were asking why, why musicals, they're, they're, you know, like not realistic, da, 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 da. It was like, but here's the deal. A really good musical, it's, there's a story that's happening, right? And there's a character that's feeling some kind of emotion based on whatever the plot line is. And they get to a point where whatever they're feeling aside is just too strong just to say it and they have to break out in song because music is that deeper connecting thing, right? Like when you hear music, it, like your, your heart and your soul can't help but like respond to it in a way that regardless of your language, you're, you still recognize whatever the whatever they're trying to say. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what I love about a really good musical because sometimes I feel that way that, ah, I am so excited. I'm so happy right now. I just have to see. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, so I, I went back to Germany, went to musical theater school. Um, and then I went to this audition for Lion King in what was it? It was in London and it was for Disney Tokyo for Lion King. Uh -huh. And I was very excited about it. Um, uh, when we got there, it was actually a really awful experience. It was the worst audition I've ever done. Uh, and I remember being in the bathroom beforehand, getting ready and there's all these other women there and they're like, pushing each other out of the mirror. Like, ah, my turn in front of the mirror and it was just this really kind of toxic environment mm -hmm. and I was like is this what theater is this is not my 
experience so far. Mm. I don't want to be part of this world. Um, so then I got into my audition and I totally bombed it. Like I couldn't find my first note. I was off key the whole time. It was just like really, really bad. And I think like internally, I was like, I really don't want to be here because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be a part of that world. Um, and yet, like I said, I had done Nickelodeon. I had done live theater. Um, I also got a chance to sing for MTV in Germany. And I was on, um, I did a, a New Year's Eve show for this big review house in Berlin called Friedrichstadt Palast mm-hmm. um, as a as a high school student. So like I had all of these different experiences in the arts and the theater and performing uh, from all of these different lenses, and none of them had felt like that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh. Um, so then, so I stopped and I went back home and I kind of wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I felt like it wasn't that. Um, so I, I told a friend of mine about that experience and he said, you know, there's this program here called transforming arts and it's all about using the arts to transform nations like for a purpose. Mm. And that resonated so deeply to me. I thought, yes, I want to know more. So I joined this, um, this school and it was like a, a six month, eight month school, um, and we created a show and we toured Japan and Korea with it and all throughout Europe. And then um, I stayed on an extra year as a staff member. And then I was the musical director for the, for the school for a year. Um, and with that show, we toured through India and Estonia and you know G- Germany and Austria and Czech Republic and all of that surrounding areas. And it was just amazing um and i think this kind of goes back to what i was saying about musicals because what i realized during this time period was we're in all of these different countries we don't speak japanese or korean we don't speak you know like hindi or bengali like we don't speak any of these languages and yet we're able to communicate with each other through song through music Mm -hmm. through performance in such a way that we're like impacting people's lives you know because that was the whole purpose our purpose was to be able to connect with people through the arts and it happened and that has radically impacted my world and how I Um, like look at the work that I do and the reasons behind it and how I choose which projects to be a part of and which ones not Mm -hmm. to be a part of. Um, And it's just, yeah. So I I guess all of those pieces have brought me to here. Yeah. Um, Are there any specific uh, moments of that touring program that you did that stand out to you as being especially a moment when you were like, yes, I the work that I do impacted somebody. Yeah. So afterwards, after our show, we always had like talkbacks with the people who were in the audience. Mm -hmm. And we, um, in in one particular place, we were in Southern Germany, right on the border to Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And there was these two, three young girls who came up to me and my German at the time was like, okay, because it was, it was really rusty. Um, so we were communicating, but like kind of half communicating, but they were just saying that they had, they felt really touched by the show because the show was all about um, like personal transformation kind of, and like really looking at yourself deeply and saying these things that, that have been a part of my life so far, the, these pieces of this are actually not serving me and they're hurting me. And I, I can and want to be more like, I can and want to be truly like who I am. Mm-hmm. And um, this really resonated with these three young ladies. Um, 
And I, I had written a song called stars and it was my first song, probably, well, not my only song, but it was my very first song that I had written. And, um, and I sang it for them acapella, just like as we were sitting there and they asked if they could record it on their phones. And I was like, yeah, sure. So they did. And then years and years later, uh, I want to say like maybe eight or nine years later, I get a message from somebody on Facebook and she says, you probably don't remember me, but I was one of the girls you talked to in this little town in Germany and you sang your song that you wrote for me. Um, you say, you sang the song that you had written and I recorded it on my phone. It became my ringtone and it really helped me get through this really dark depression that I was going through. And I was like, what? Wow. That's amazing. Um, cause the song, the song I had written it, uh, I, when I was um, in my early 20s, I married my high school sweetheart and we ended up getting divorced. And I wrote that song during that divorce period. And it mm. was it was sad, but it was also really hopeful. Like, this, the journey doesn't end here. Um, the journey continues on and I can feel like that spark of hope inside of me. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so when she, when she messaged me on Facebook, I just could not believe that something that was that I had written just out of my own personal story impacted somebody so much that it helped them get through something difficult and that they, they looked me up, you know, like eight or nine years later on Facebook and like messaged me. It was just, it was amazing. Truly, truly amazing. Wow. What an amazing story. Yeah. (sighs) Um, Gosh. Okay. So from there, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I really like to ask about, the sort of um, habits of mind or theatrical skills that I really like to think about how the skills that we gain from theater can mm-hmm. be applied to our lives, like to our non-theatrical mm-hmm. lives. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm curious, is there a skill or a habit of mind that you use in your theatrical work that has helped you in the rest of your life? Absolutely. So like, I said before, you know, after my first semester uh, at the university, I was like, this is terrible. I don't want to do this anymore. And dropping out. Maybe I'll return to it later. So I did um, like two and a half years ago. I I started again. And and it was amazing because all of my theater training has made me a very fast reader. I, I look at words and I pick up content really quickly and I can memorize really quickly because, you know, when you're doing a show, you have all of these lines that have to be memorized. And not just the words, but the contents that understand, like you have to really understand what the words are saying and the deeper story behind them to really act them out on stage. And so I was able to just knock through an amazing amount of content really quickly uh, which was very helpful. So I, so I graduated with a 4.0 because, because of that. I mean, like that's one of the skills that I brought to it yeah, that yeah. really made it something, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm a single mom. I've got three little kids. My kids are seven, five and three and, and I work. So I'm working, I'm momming and I'm in school and, it was very helpful that I could get through my school content fairly quickly. <laughs> so I could yeah, do the other absolutely. thing needed in life, you know? Yeah. Um, I also want to say like a quick 
sidebar about the the the, the, um, the extra things that the arts build that can be used in other areas of life. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one of the large Fortune 500 companies did a study about who were the the top performing people in their in their company. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to see is it they they thought they were. Sorry, let me start with They thought <laughs> what they were going to find was um, these people who had all of these really like big hard skills, right? Like they're top of their class. They had all of these like amazing technical abilities. Um, and what they found was actually that they had soft skills. They were really good at communicating with their team. They were able to um, like empathize with people around them. And they were really great critical thinkers. You know, they thought outside the box when some kind of issue came about. They were able to look at it from different perspectives and come find up with another come up with another solution that others hadn't thought of before because they were looking at it in a creative way. And these are the kind of skills that that the arts teach us. Theater training teaches these things that can be used in any field that you're going into. Um, any field that you go into, at some point, you're probably going to have to talk in front of people. And <laughs> theater training helps you with that. <laughs> it mm-hmm. makes you confident in being able to stand up and say the things that you know that you want to say and need to say. Um, you know, so I'll get really... All, all around the board, it can only be good for everybody. Every single person mm-hmm. <laughs> should have arts or theater training, I think. Yeah, here, here. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> Co-sign, retweet, all of the things on that statement. Yeah, yeah. yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, I, okay, so this question was recommended by um, a good friend of mine who also listens to this podcast. Um, and I love it because it's about putting your experience into a matrilineal orientation. And the question is, what was your mother's relationship to theater or the arts? That's such a great question. So my mom is a visual artist. She is a painter. Um, She went to school for graphic design. Um, But she also, um, in high school, was in speech and debate. And I think sometimes I think of speech and debate as like the the gateway drug to theater. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) Um, And my mom actually has her um, her guilt card (laughs) from some kind of project that she did in Arizona when she was in high school, uh, some kind of like movie or something that she did. Uh And so she got enough credits to get her card. And I was like, what? That's awesome. Yeah, so awesome. And I didn't I didn't find that out until much later. But Mm -hmm. because of her experience in those areas and kind of having to advocate for herself to be able to be an artist and go, she she has her degree in graphic design to get her degree in the arts, you know, and in that time period, um, when people are mostly saying, you know, your degree should be to get you a job and it should be a good paying job Mm -hmm. with good benefits and all those different things. She really had to advocate for herself. And so when she had me and saw just how drawn I was to, all theatrical things and the stage and and people in general. I just, I love people and um, interacting with them and all of that. And I think that translates to my work on stage. Mm -hmm. Um, She went out of her way to find opportunities for me and to support me in that. My mom has never missed anything ever that I've done ever. (laughs) She's been to like all of the most like obscure you know, things she's gone, she's gone out of her way to come and see me perform and to support me and to, 
take me to classes and, you know, wait backstage for hours and hours while I'm rehearsing when I was younger. She just, um, yeah, she saw that in me and wanted to make sure that I never felt like I had to advocate for myself against her to Mm. do the things that like brought me joy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, can I share something about my mom? Absolutely. This is like current events. This is unfolding as we speak. So my mom, um, kind of similar, like she did a little bit of theater in high school. She went to high school in Germany. Um, and she, she did, um, like a couple shows and I know all our connections are so weird. Um, and, and, you know, as I was growing up, she would, uh, she talked about that experience and those memories, often of being like, I really liked, I'm, she'd always say like, I'm, I'm really shy, but when I'm on stage, it's different because I'm not being myself. I'm being somebody else. And she would talk about that a lot, but then, you know, she grew up and got jobs and had a kid and all the things happened. Um, but this week, um, our local theater company is getting things back together. They're doing their first live show. And they're just doing, we're doing a staged reading of Spoon River Anthology, really simple. Um, And I auditioned and I convinced my mom to audition too. And she just found out today that she got cast in the show and it'll be her first show since high school. So that's pretty exciting. That is amazing. Yeah, I'm really proud of her. I mean, I kind of, I definitely forced her to do it. I like, I picked her audition piece and I like drove it to, she was house sitting somewhere else. And I like drove it to her at the house. And I was like, this is the piece you're going to do. Read it out loud for me right now. (laughs) I definitely like pushed her into it pretty hard. Um, But she didn't put up a fight. So I think, I think it was fair to say that she was interested. (laughs) But I'm really excited about that. So my mom and I are going to be in a show together. Yay. That's amazing. I love like yeah. the re- like the role reversal there. <laughs> like, okay, this is what you're going to do. Practice yes. it for me. Let me give you some feedback. <laughs> yep, one hundred. Although, you know what? To be to be honest, um, she read it once, and I was like, holy, holy! Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say the words. I was like, do I care if this is a clean a clean podcast? Probably not. Anyway, I was like, holy shit, mom, that was amazing. I have zero notes, um, which is rare, but, uh, but I was like, that was so good. Like, just, just do it exactly like that. Um, you're going to be amazing. And she literally had just like read through it once and then like read it out loud. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) that was so good. So maybe she's a natural and we're just getting her back to her natural calling. I love it. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Yay. Parents. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so that actually reminds me. I um recently auditioned for a show, and it was the first audition that I had done in years and years. Right, so my youngest daughter is three, and um, I was pregnant with her. You know, like the typical nine months, and then mm-hmm. had her, and then the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. So, like, I I haven't been performing personally. I've been doing a lot of teaching, mm-hmm. um, and then there's this local, like, a regional musical theater company that said this year that they were going to be doing the show Ragtime. Mm-hmm. And Ragtime, the song Your Daddy's Son is yeah. um your daddy's hands is mm-hmm. um daddy's son hands. Uh one of the two. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. it was my very first audition. And it and it oh. like, yeah and it feels like deeply to me. And mm-hmm. I thought oh, you're doing ragtime <laughs> <laughs> well I have to audition. Um and they also were doing are also doing Bright Star. 
Mm-hmm. So I auditioned for them, like just for their season. And they brought me back to do callbacks for Bright Star because ragtime isn't until April. Mm-hmm. And I was so scared. At first I thought, oh, can I really do this again? Like, mm-hmm. you know, at this point I'm really more of a director and teacher than actually performing on stage. Mm-hmm. But my heart like longs for it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. be on stage. <laughs> um, so I, I had to really like psych myself up and, and like get my confidence up. Because mm-hmm. I think when you're in that place of auditioning, you audition over and over and over again. And you're really used to um, people saying no. Right. And it's okay. You're like, okay, that's fine. I'm going to keep moving. I've got this one and this one and this one. Like you just are in this groove. So when you get out of the groove, the idea of like, I worked so hard and you're saying no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I got cast in the show and I'm so thank you. Um, and so I, I get to play this like really fun, sassy, kind of sexy character. And I've got this rousing bar song as my, um, as my song for the show. And I'm really excited. We start rehearsals on August 2nd. Um, so fun. And I can't wait to begin. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And your kids are going to see you doing that and following that dream. Oh, did I just lose you? Oh, there you are. I was there like, you are. voice is gone. Um, there, that was a really cool, um, like, wind sound that just came through, though. It sounded like... Oh. So I don't know what just happened. Um, <laughs> but that was fun. Um, so, so your kids are going to get to see you going through the rehearsal process, doing yeah. the show. And that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next question. <laughs> um, okay, what uh, what questions are you feeling called to answer in your work right now? Or to ask, to ask and answer. Hmm. So I feel like my primary work at the moment is in education um, and really advocating for the arts, not like in two, in two ways. Right. So, um, as we went through the pandemic, sort of the thing that everybody turned to was the arts, right? Everybody mm-hmm. was locked in their homes. They couldn't go anywhere. So they watched podcasts. They listened or watched podcasts. They listened mm-hmm. to podcasts. They watched TV. They watched movies, you know, mm-hmm. all of the musicians were doing these concerts from home and stuff. Like we, we all turned to the arts as this, um, emotional balm to be able to express something, to feel something, to not feel something like whatever the range of emotions was. Um, so like, so on one side advocating for the arts to say, do you see now how important it is that this is an element of our life and our world that we cannot healthily live without this? Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other hand, also saying, and if we continue to strive for these to be in school, the things that they bring to our students translates into so much more than the arts. It translates into people who are more connected to each other, who see others, who are confident when they're talking, like all, all of these different things, mm-hmm. thinking outside of the box, you know, um, as as the work industry has shifted and we have all of these engineers, for example, if we're looking at like the engineering field, there's so many engineers in the world now who are competent. And um, most of those jobs are no longer 
in the States, a lot of them have been, you know, like sent over to India, right? Mm -hmm. And so the question is, for the companies here who are hiring engineers, they're looking for people who have this critical thinking, who can think outside of the box. So I ask those in education, do you see how important it is or the tools that we can give our students, our kids, so that they can go on and achieve their own unique aspirations? Mm -hmm. It's so vitally important and how can we how can we build this into our education system in general? Yeah. Um, I get to do that in the school that I'm a team, like a part of, but I really, I'm really hoping that it will spread everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my life work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's big. That's a big task. Yes. <laughs> I I don't I really don't do anything small. Um Sometimes I wish I did, but then I'm like, no, but this is, this is what I see. I see it. <laughs> Let's yeah. try for it. If you see it big, you might as well do it big. There's no reason not to. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. From your unique perspective, from the, the place where you sit inside the constellation and the universe of theater, how is theater being shaped right now? So like in a generation, what's going to be different about theater because of what we're doing today? One of the things that I find really intriguing about theater right now is um, like the shift towards colorblindness um, in writing roles and casting roles and stepping away from typecasting. Um, mm. I, I find it really, really fascinating. When I look at Bridgerton, for example, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, like all these different colored people, you know, who are all um, like together doing, playing these different roles and so on in different areas of society. And it's interesting because um, the show that I'm in, Bright Star, it's set in like 1920s North Carolina, and there's nothing written in it that says any of these characters have to be white, right? Like it, it doesn't actually say that. So I live in Arizona. I'm in Tucson, two hours from the Mexican border. We have a lot of diversity in our city. Tucson is also a refugee resettlement city. There's over a hundred languages spoken here. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the directors really got to say, what, who is this character? What kind of care, um, qualities am I looking for? What kind of, uh, vocal ability do they need to have? And that's it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to look for like a particular type. It's not about a specific look. It was really exciting. And they, they just did rent, um, in their last season. And I went to go see it and I was, so excited to see like larger women on stage playing mm. like burlesque characters and all these different things because it's like that's sexy and beautiful too and it's not just here and what I'm seeing in Tucson it's really is becoming a trend throughout the theater world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some places faster than others some places need to really step step up but I can see that becoming something that really impacts how theater moves forward yeah, yeah. that's what I'm hopeful for yeah. Also, same. Yes. Also hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um, what yeah. question do you wish I w- I was asking you right now? Uh, what question do you do? I wish you were asking me. I wish you were saying if we were going to make a musical today about our ITF experience, what would it be? It would all take place on a shuttle bus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
it would be, I love uh, it. Yeah. So act one would be a shuttle bus and act two would be uh, the bar at the airport. Um, no, there would have to be an act three though. Cause there would have to be like a next chapter. Right. Yep. And is it, right. is it a two person musical or is, are there more characters? I don't know. It's a good question. I like that question. Yeah. Yes. I love it. I love it. We'll have to write that one. Um, all right. So here's the last, <laughs> the last question. Um, this is an opportunity to plant a seed in the hearts, minds, or spirits of everyone who's listening to this podcast in the future. What seed would you like to plant there? There is something that each person has that nobody else has. Um, I'm listening to this amazing book right now from Marcus Buckingham called Love and Work. And in it, he talks about this um, ancient Norse belief of having a weird W-Y-R-D, mm-hmm. um, that you are born with this uh, a spirit within you, like that is your own personal one, that as you, as you age and grow, um, it doesn't change. You don't as a mustard tree, you don't suddenly become an oak tree, but your mustard tree grows branches and buds and it like deepens and like your roots go down and it becomes more mm. mature and beautiful. And that, that, that you have inside you is your superpower to anything that you do. If you're in theater, like pull on that, pull on the experiences, the journey that you've lived thus far to really round out and build your characters. If you are in some other field, if you're in engineering, like what what is it about your journey thus far, who you are, who your family is, the traditions that you have, languages that you speak, what kinds of things do you do in your free time? Like all of these pieces make up this incredible, unique being. Mm-hmm. And I just want to encourage all people to dive into who they are and what their superpower is. Um, because if we all are just are celebrating ourselves in the fields that we're working in, I think that we would be in a really good place to continue moving forward in a positive direction that then brings about the kind of change that we're really needing on a societal level. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's what I would say. Yeah. Um, it's such a beautiful thought. I think about that a lot too, that the way that we create societal and global change is really by allowing each individual to shine a little brighter and to be more who they are. Yeah. And I really think that that's why we're on the planet is to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Absolutely. <gasps> and there's space, there's space for everybody to shine. Yeah. You know, there's not a limited amount of space. Mm-hmm. Mm. We all just get brighter when one person gets brighter. Yep, 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 yep. <sighs> Beautiful. Thank you for that. That's um, what our conversation was so great, Emily. <laughs> so, okay, if, if listeners want to um, contact you or hire you, um, take a look at, like, like workshops that you're offering, anything like that, what is the best way for them to see what you do? Come check out my website. It's mm-hmm. venustiane.com, and I've got um, several workshops on there, and... Um, also I'm really up for creating new workshops. So I love working with different people in schools and, and so on to kind of create something unique to their program. So contact me through that, through my website. Amazing. Well, Venus, that brings us to the end of this recording. Um, thank you so much for taking the time today to share 
your story and your journey and all of your insights. Um, I appreciate you and I appreciate what you've given to me and my listeners. Thanks Amy, for having me. This has been just an awesome conversation. I can, I just, I could talk about this stuff all the time. All the <laughs> me too. It's so good. <laughs> me too. It's hard to come to an end, but here we are. Um, here we are. <laughs> here we are. As always, thanks so much for listening. If you have questions or know someone who would be a great guest on this podcast, email me podcast at emilystamets.com. You can also follow me at the Emily Stamets on all of the social media channels. And remember to like, follow, and share this podcast with two people that you think it will bring joy to. And thank you.